everybody. Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk everything creepy and crimey. Indeed. It's true. It's your chance to turn your car around. <laughs> if you changed your mind. Actually, today is mostly... Um, I there's uh, Today's not a super scary one. Oh, good. Yeah, so... I would still say NSFW because we can't be trusted not to say bad words. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do. We need to call them bad. I feel like that's, <laughs> it's that's a matter of opinion, of, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like when we were talking about grass and clover the other day. I was like, I'm fine with clover. Who's to say that grass is better than clover? Clover. Right only grows a few inches high and if my whole yard was clover i'd never need to mow it and it would be like so soft and luscious what's wrong with that right i feel like it's totally all about perspective and people with golf course lawns just puked and fell down (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh god in these last few days when we had all that rain Oh, we were kind of like on the verge of needing to mow, and now it just straight up looks like a jungle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like all kinds of weird shit popping out of my yard because I don't treat it at all because of the doggos, the pepperonis. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of interesting things growing out of there that definitely aren't grass. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what they are. I know. I looked out at my bush the other day, and I was like, uh, there there's another whole other bush growing out of it now and i it was not there like three days ago (laughs) it's very upsetting do you have any creepy corrections conclusions or clarifications i don't think so okay well i have some creepy correspondence i like it um this one is from diana on instagram she says hey gals i'm a longtime listener had to send you a message because episode 82 weirdos get crimey had me laughing pretty dang hard thanks for the laughs love the banter also the more serious episodes keep it up y'all are the best thank you diana thank you that was super sweet yeah we also got a message on facebook from shell and hi shell hi shell i and i'm gonna apologize to shell because i her message was very long so i edited it down a little bit but thank you so much for writing in she says a friend of mine jay whose messages messages you read in episode 81 suggested your podcast to me so thanks jay for that um i love every minute even the ones where heidi goes on her tangents <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) For the record, I'm a skeptical believer. I look for a logical answer before I believe anything is paranormal. I was listening to the episode of Ghost Animals, and I have a bittersweet story for y'all. Back when I was 13, many moons ago, I had a little black mutt named Brandy. She was an elderly pup and had been suffering from from epilepsy for years. When she had a seizure... Yeah... When she'd have a seizure, I would hold her and kiss her and tell her how good she was. 
which totally oh made me tear up when I first read it. Uh, and now we all cry. Yeah. Just basically helping her relax. The house I lived in was my grandparents' house, and it was near Grand and Arsenal. Southside girl here, living outside of Chicago now. Woohoo! Um, it was yeah. it was a three story house with a split staircase. Uh, she says I was in my freshman year of high school at the time. I went through some emotional issues and had attempted suicide. I'm much better now, and we're Yay. all very glad for that. Uh, I had I had to be hospitalized for a time, but I forget how long I was in the hospital. Fast forward to coming home. I walked in the house and was immediately greeted by a happy Brandy sitting on the second landing. On my way up to my room, I stopped to pick her up and snuggle her, and I even kissed her little head. I can't stress enough how real she felt in my arms. I put her down, went to my room to put my things away. Not too long after, my best friend called me. During our conversation, she said she was sorry to hear about my dog. I didn't understand what she meant, so I asked her to explain. She wanted to say that she had talked to my mom, who then told my friend that she had to have Brandy put to sleep because her health was failing fast. I refused to believe her, telling her that I had just seen and touched my dog. We got off the phone and I immediately went in search of my little girl. I couldn't find her everywhere, anywhere, and was thoroughly distraught. I spent the rest of my rest of the day in my room crying that night i had a dream that brandy woke me up she jumped up onto my bed which she hadn't done in a long time in my dream she looked like a puppy again so happy and healthy i snuggled her close getting her fur wet with tears and i told her how much i loved her (sighs) getting a little emotional here i woke up moments later crying with a sense of closure i fully believed then and still do that brandy came back to tell me goodbye this is one of few experiences I, I've had that I fully believe to be paranormal. Anyway, so that's one of my stories. I'm sure I'll write with more over time. Keep up the great work. You make it feel like I'm sitting there with you two. It's awesome. Aw, thanks, Shell. Thank you, Shell. That's so that was, sweet. It was such a beautiful story, yeah. Whew. I do think that animals are super, super empathetic. Yeah. Absolutely. If I'm going to believe in ghosts, I'm going for the animals first. Mm-hmm. I mean, why like, not? <laughs> yeah, I still... Well, and like, our attachments to animals are so strong. Mackie's been gone for like, I don't know, five years probably. I still think about him all the time. Yeah. When and I go back to time- my parents' house... I still think that my cat from when I was a kid is going to come greet me there. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. been there for mm, probably 10 years. Yeah, I've looked for Mackie or called out for him, you know, just out of habit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or called Wolfie Mackie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> Those darn kids, it's hard to keep them straight. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes my grandma calls me by her dog's name, but <laughs> that's another story. Well, since, did you have anything else? I figured we'd save our time capsule for the end. I'm going to see if I can find my happy place because I'm a little ranty about our current time capsule. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that sounds great. You can go ahead and 
hit that topic. Yeah, like, if, help me remember uh, to tell you how I scolded a civil servant. Whoops. (laughs) All right. So, anywho. All right. Well, I was thinking that everyone seemed to enjoy the weirdo stories, and given that it's a trying time, in a lot of ways we could all use a little levity i was like weirdos get crimey part two i think so hell yeah (laughs) yeah so i guess crimey i some of these things just kind of fall into the general category of news of the weird um i you know criminal is a little might be an overstatement in some cases. Unusual, you know, unexpected, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. you wouldn't normally see. And I have my own news of the weird. I think it mm. was Wednesday or Thursday. I had to run to the hardware store at lunch and for the fourth time to get the same screws <laughs> for the same project. I told them I should just get a part time job there. It's the little neighborhood hardware store thank god not Mm -hmm. the big box one that makes me want to punch people (laughs) at least like it's not a horrible customer experience i actually go and the people are nice and they all wear masks which i Mm -hmm. really appreciate Mm -hmm. um anyway so i'm on my way home from trip number four and you know how our neighborhood is almost every corner is a four-way stop right I decided to cut through the neighborhood instead of taking the main roads because it was lunchtime. And even though I was going to have to stop every two blocks, I wouldn't have to sit any stop lights. Yeah. And because of stupid Chick-fil-A, there's that one main road by our house is super crazy at lunchtime now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Penny just squeaked at me. <laughs> Hi, Penny. I thought it was Paco. No. (laughs) Anyway, so I get to a four-way stop and I, you know, look to see if other cars are coming like you're supposed to. And there's an adult man in a very large, clear plastic Rubbermaid storage container filled with water on the side of his house just chilling he made (laughs) his own like outdoor bathtub oh man i really respect that (laughs) i do too and i thought you know he could have done it in the backyard but he didn't no he did no no he definitely and this is a part of the neighborhood that's all single family homes so it's not like he was in an apartment building and was having a war over the backyard you know all single family homes, house on the corner, and he was just like, I wanna I wanna get cool. I have this big storage tub. Yeah. I mean it's not exactly a pool, but I I could fit in there. It was like one of those that's the size of a trunk, you know. But yeah, right. he was just and he he just like appendages flopped out on the sides and he was <laughs> drinking a beer. 
He's having a great time. I love it. And I thought, I love you, South St. Louis. <laughs> Only in South City. There's no, can you imagine if that was like out in the suburbs where they have homeowners associations? Somebody would have had a cow. That's the worst part of a homeowners association. You don't get that kind of entertainment. Mm-mm. And you have to pay. Right. You have to pay and you miss out on that kind of good shit. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so that was my own personal news of the weird. I don't think he was committing any crimes. He did appear to be wearing swim trunks. <laughs> so there was no um, indecent exposure. I don't think there's any ordinances against making your own bathtub slash mini swimming pool on the side of your house where the public can see. Yeah. So not crimey, but respect my brother. Respect. <laughs> I'm going to see if I have one big enough for me in my garage. <laughs> Just get that, like, corrugated steel swimming pool going. Yep. And I also, of course, because we're in Missouri, which might as well be Florida when it comes to news, um, I wanted to make sure to include some local, other local stories. Nice. So my, my first one, James Robert Scott was convicted of causing a massive flood of the Mississippi Mississippi River at West Quincy as part of the Great Flood of 1993. I remember this flood well because I was pregnant with my daughter and it was never so muggy and humid. Oh my god. I was so pregnant and I just felt carsick all the time because Uh it was like Mosquito City just humid and muggy. The floodwaters were up so high downtown, like it was most of the way up the arch steps, which if you look at a picture of the arch, that's pretty freaking far. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it says, while he was serving 10 years in prison for an unrelated charge, investigation of the flood led to one of Scott's friends. The friend told authorities that Scott had admitted to him that he had broken the levee. Get this. So he could strand his wife on the Missouri side of the river. Oh, I I remember this story. Why? So he could be free to party, fish, and have an affair. Yeah. They found other witnesses who backed this story. And Scott was eventually tried under 1979 Missouri law that made it a crime to intentionally cause a catastrophe. Although there were several appeals, he was ultimately convicted. He's currently serving a 20-year sentence, 20-year to life in prison at Jefferson City Correctional Center. Although he still maintains he's innocent, he won't be eligible for parole until 2023. So in a few years, we can go protest his release i think there's a criminal episode about this oh really yeah i'm gonna look that up while you're talking um i mean i not too many people go i i didn't look up to see how he damaged the levy Mm -hmm. i'll be honest i don't really know how they work uh, my brother-in-law does something for the um, 
Corps of Engineers with levees. Uh-huh. But that's, we have just exhausted my knowledge of levees. That's what I know. My brother-in-law does something with them. They open and close. I know that much. So mm-hmm. I don't know how just a regular person could damage one enough to cause that kind of catastrophic flooding. Yeah, so it would be a little sturdier. (laughs) It's episode 74 of Criminal um, called, I don't know, it's either called Orchestrating Catastrophe or just Catastrophe. There's both of those are on the website. So yeah, if you want to know more about it, go listen to Criminal. It's a great episode. Or a great podcast. Yeah, I... Well, my memory is garbage. I think I've listened to all the criminal episodes. Maybe it's just... It's up in the attic and it's dusty. (laughs) No, it's okay. Okay. So, who doesn't love televangelist Jim Baker? (laughs) Uh, Televangelist Jim Baker held up a blue and silver bottle gazing intently at the label as he questioned the woman sitting next to him. This influenza that's now circling the globe, Baker said on February 12th. Oh, on the February 12th broadcast of the Jim Baker show. You're saying that silver solution would be effective? His guest, the so-called natural health expert, Cheryl Selman, interesting name, Cheryl, falsely implied that the liquid would likely be affected. The coronavirus impacting more than 120,000 people worldwide does not yet have a known treatment or cure. Let's say it hasn't been tested on this strain of the coronavirus, but it has been tested on other strains of the coronavirus, and it's been able to eliminate it within 12 hours, Selman said. Totally eliminate it. Kills it deactivates it. Silver solution has been proven by the government that has the ability to kill every pathogen that has ever been tested on, including SARS and HIV, Selman continued. Okay. Four four ounce bottles could be yours, a message on the screen said, for just $80. Mm -hmm. Selling a fake treatment for COVID-19 disease violates state and federal law. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, the state of Missouri filed a lawsuit against Baker and his production company to stop them from advertising or selling Silver Solution and related products as treatments for the coronavirus. That's good. Uh, that guy is such an asshole on so many levels. <laughs> oh, I mean, just like... Well, he's a televangelist, so let's right. just start there. Like, <laughs> that's a huge list of I'm a dick sins a mile long to begin with. I mean, yeah. basically, you just exist to steal from poor people. Right. You know, um, but saying that you have a cure for this strain of coronavirus that's evil yeah totally totally anyway he gets the shithead award for today (laughs) and if i remember correctly so i've heard other people say that silver solution helps with all kinds of stuff it must be one of those naturopath 
Yeah. Like, um, cure all sort of things. But when we had, what was, I'm trying to think of, um, Ebola. Mm-hmm. What was it? Was that what we had where we had a handful of people in the U.S.? I, had, uh-huh. I'm trying to remember. This was like four or five years ago. I'm drawing a blank. I think it was Ebola. Um, natural living essential oils was trying to say that one of their oils could protect you from getting the virus. <laughs> I was like, can we just set them on fire? Yeah. Like, it, they have cult followings. People actually listen to them. And then the Silver Solution stuff, there was a guy on an old episode of, like, I think it was Sally Jesse Raphael or something. He had taken so much of that stuff that he turned blue and looked like a Smurf. Oh, my God. And it's irreversible. Wow. It's like silver colloidal treatment or something. Because he thought it was, like, you know, the cure for it. He legit looks like Papa Smurf. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, we should. You should uh, look up uh, Silver Solution Blue Man. That should pull it right up. Oh my god, that is terrifying. <laughs> Doesn't he look like a Smurf? Uh, like, yeah. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah. it just looks like uh, it's creepy. Definitely uh, creepy. <laughs> I guess I better put it, throw a picture in there of that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, colloidal silver. Yeah, you're right. It's called the condition is called argyria or argyria. It's called you look like a fucking smurf. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll put that in the meeting minutes. I mean... Oh, yeah. Some of the- his pictures look more Smurf-like than the others. Like, some of it is just... Some of it looks more, like, gray, and some of sometimes it looks more blue. He did not look healthy, and unfortunately, this article says he passed away in 2013, so I do not think that uh, Papa Smurf, his homeopathic um, remedy worked out. No. <laughs> but I have definitely had people tell me that very same thing. And then, you know, the essential oils people with their... If you put this on the bottom of your feet, then... You right. Get colon cancer or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever bullshit. I'm like, if if you hate MLMs as much as we do, you should <laughs> listen to the Dream podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you are involved in an MLM, you should really listen to the Dream podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, fuck you, Jim Baker. Yeah. A trooper stopping a car with a suspected impaired driver on US on a U.S. highway on Monday 
was bemused to find a five-year-old in the driver's seat, the Utah Highway Patrol tweeted. After seeing a vehicle driving slowly and weaving in the left lane of the Interstate 15 freeway, the trooper turned on his siren and the driver neatly pulled over to the side of the road. Dashboard camera video posted by the police captures the conversation between the trooper and the driver, who has since been viewed on YouTube almost 760,000 times. Wow. You're five years old, the trooper says. Wow. He then asked the child how he learned, where he learned how to drive and takes down other details. The boy, who is not identified as he is a minor, said he left his parents' vehicle after arguing with his mother, who told him she would not buy him a Lamborghini. <laughs> he decided to take the car and go to California to buy one himself. Oh, the police well, yeah. said in a tweet, obviously. Mm-hmm. He might have been short on the purchase amount as he only had $3 in his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, I kind of feel like I don't I don't know what to think about this kid's behavior. He's obviously bright. Like right. one, he's 5 years old, he can say Lamborghini. He knows what a Lamborghini is. He knows where they're made. And he knows you have to buy them to get them. I don't think I got money completely. I remember telling my mom to write checks for everything. Mm-hmm. Just write a check. Also, um, how it, it? How did he reach the pedals? I I think that might have been the weaving. Like, he probably had to kind of stand up to push on the gas. Yeah. And then let go to look up over the windshield you know (laughs) he looked like a bigger five-year-old but he wasn't that big Mm -hmm. anyway so he's kind of smart but also uh i he's taking stubbornness to a whole new level yeah oh you're not gonna get me a lamborghini that's fine i'm gonna (laughs) steal your car and go to california (laughs) wonder what happened to that kid I don't know. That was a fairly recent story, like huh. last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't leave out Florida. Florida <laughs> always has to be in here. And this one's, this one, I actually, this one is um, crimey because there's criminals involved. But I actually think it's heartwarming and a reminder that not everyone who makes a mistake is a horrible person some people make mistakes and learn from their mistakes and go on to be perfectly fine people Mm -hmm. so a group of inmates in newport ritchie florida helped rescue a one-year-old baby accidentally locked in a car shadow lantry the mother of the girl documented the entire rescue and now viral cell phone video Deputies received a report of an infant who was accidentally locked inside a sport utility vehicle at West Pasco Judicial Center on Thursday. When deputies deputies arrived, they learned the father of the baby, who appeared comfortable in her car seat, had accidentally locked keys in the car. The infant's parents told authorities they couldn't afford a locksmith. After several minutes, the father told deputies he was going to break the driver's side window. But a Pasco Sheriff's Office 
inmate supervisor and a crew of low-risk nonviolent offenders known as trustees were repairing medians in the parking lot outside the judicial center a few feet away and offered to help. And so in the video, they used their lock picking skills and opened the door in about a minute. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So not really weirdos, but crimey and did something nice. They helped the baby. The baby didn't look, looked totally fine. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so do you look at TikTok? No, I am familiar, but I do not partake. I only partake occasionally, mostly when my daughter sends me TikTok videos. <laughs> and she does occasionally, I mean, she does send me some pretty good ones. It does feel like, like I have always felt a little too old for TikTok. Yeah, there was that other, like, before TikTok, there was something nearly identical. I can't think of the name Vine? of it now. Yes, thank you. There was Vine, and I don't know what happened to them, but they, they kind of went up. I think they, they got bought flames. by, I think they got bought by Instagram so that Instagram could just tank them and, and be the place that you look at short internet videos. I could be wrong, but. I mean, from a business perspective, smart. Right. Yeah. Kind of a bummer for the people who are like Vine stars, but right. anyway, so apparently the same sort of uh, fame people were getting on Vine is happening on TikTok. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's relative. TikTok fame. Right. So this guy, Kevin Wise... um was looking to boost his popularity. And he said that if he got 2000 likes, he would jump into the giant fish tank at the Bass Pro. <laughs> and, <laughs> is this, wait, uh, is this in Missouri? Louisiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, have you been in the, have you seen the fish tank? It's not small. Right. Well, I think the Bass Pro here in Missouri, which I am a camper outdoorsy person, so I do occasionally have a reason to go into those places, strangely. Mm -hmm. um, not really my vibe, but the giant fish tank is pretty cool. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of camo in there, but I like the fish tank. Anyway, so he said if he got 2,000 likes, he'd jump in the tank. I got way more than that, and I didn't want to be a liar, he says. Shopper Treasure McGraw recorded a video of Wise swimming around in the tank before he climbed out and ran through the store soaking wet. Oh, my God. McGraw says, we heard a big splash, and I thought it was one of the fish. <laughs> Initially... Bass Pro Shop said it would not press charges, but on June 26th, the company filed a complaint with the, I'm going to guess this is like Bozier City Police Department. I don't, I'm like, how do you cage it up? B-O-S-S-I-E-R, <laughs> Bozier, Bozier City Police Department, noting that it had to empty the 13,000 gallon tank and clean it after he went for a swim. Yeah, I would imagine so. 
and uh, the offender says he would not recommend the stunt to others. <laughs> he says, don't. Please do not follow my poor example. That was actually a bad idea. <laughs> well, it's good that he, <laughs> he made that statement, I he guess. acknowledged. Yeah, I don't think... How I'd old is get... this guy? I... It didn't say in the article that I read. Mm-hmm. But um, it sounds like he's... Old enough to know better, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting the teenager vibe. I think this might be a legit adult. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go across the pond and see our friends in Australia. All right. We have a few of those. Yeah. What's yeah, up? They don't... What What's up, my pals? <laughs> what do you say when you're Mate. in Australia? Mate. Oh, yeah. What's up, mates? <laughs> That's just, yeah, that's a... if, if you if there are any people from Australia listening, which we know that there have been episodes downloaded in Australia, like hit us up, let us know, say hi. Yeah, and tell us how we're supposed to say hi because <laughs> I don't think I'm nailing it. Right. Anyway, on Thursday, a judge in New South Wales cleared Terence Leroy of charges stemming from an incident last July, where he, one of two men was hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up while clad in his underpants. Oh. The problem was that Leroy and his partner went to the wrong house. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> the case of mistaken identity began after a man living in Western NSW. I have no idea what that means in Aussie talk. Oh, New South Wales. Okay, that makes sense. I was like, clearly this is like, you know, provinces in Canada or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Near Griffith went on Facebook looking for someone willing to tie him up and then rub a broom handle around on his underwear. It's really specific. Wow, yeah. According to the Australian Associated Press, he was willing to pay 5000 if it was really good, Judge Sean Grant noted in the ruling. A police officer. I like the really good. Yeah, I, I'm. I want to know. Well, maybe I don't want to know. Like, what the difference is between like a mediocre broom rubbing and a really good broom. Yeah, like they did a really good job sanding the edges of the broom handle. <laughs> so it was like I don't. I'm. I, I don't. It was equal in circumference to my appendage whatever <laughs> anyway a police officer testified that the man who hired leroy and another unidentified man had a history and proclivity for engaging the services of people so they were sex workers uh-huh i think is what they are trying to say they had a history of doing sex work I, that's so polite sounding i know right <laughs> proclivity Proclivity for engaging the services of people. You could definitely miss that if you're not. You could say that about like literally anyone. <laughs> yeah, like that could be a server at a restaurant, mm -hmm. um, customer service agent for a call center. Mm -hmm. Anyway, after finding two people willing to engage in the role playing fantasy, 
he sent his address to them. But on the day the fantasy was to take place, Leroy, Leroy, whoever, and his partner showed up at the wrong house on the client street. Oopsie! The home's occupant, who was on his way to use the bathroom, heard a noise and assumed it was a friend who came by each day to make coffee. The victim yelled out, bugger off, it's too early, but turned on his nightlight after hearing someone ask if he was the name of the man waiting for the kinky role play. The victim then turned on the light and saw two men carrying machetes standing next to his bed. Oh my God. After the victim spoke his own name, Leroy and his colleague realized the error and started to leave. According to court documents, one of them said, sorry, mate. The other shook the victim's hand and said, bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all very polite. They then drove to the correct address while the man they left behind contacted police. Police eventually showed up, found the machetes in the car, and charged Leroy with entering the home intending to intimidate while armed with an offensive weapon. Grant, the judge, ruled that the prosecution had not proved he had intended to intimidate. So he did not have to deal with that is a really weird request. Machetes, broomsticks. I'm kind of glad they didn't get in trouble, though, because they, I mean, they weren't really doing anything wrong. No, other than they went to the, they're not good with geography. Yeah, that is, that is something that you would want to check and double check. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, you know, the old uh, necktie on the doorknob, like there should probably be some very clear signal. This is the correct house. Something more than just an address. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Having gone to various stranger neighbor's house for pickups and drop-offs of various things um, for our community group, it is real easy to go to the wrong house. Yeah. It's not that hard. People, when they come to my house to pick up stuff, go to your house all the time. Oh, yeah. They think your driveway's my driveway for some reason. I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me, but I live here, so. Right. And sometimes I feel like there's tricks going on when you get on a block and it jumps like it goes yeah. from 52 to 55. You're like, wait, right. What? Where'd all the numbers between go? <laughs> what happened to all that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that was, that felt so short. I was like, Oh, I have so many stories, but I, <laughs> Well, that's, that's okay. We can have a short one every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, give me like two minutes and I can probably come up <laughs> with, um, oh, wait, that's, that's not true. I did have a couple more. Okay, great. Okay. I was like, I feel like something's missing. Okay, so there's the, oh, this guy. I love this guy. Okay. <laughs> So, Awesome Criminal chats up police department on Facebook about his wanted post. So, the police post all this information about this guy, Anthony Akers, saying he's wanted, 
and he needs to turn himself in or if you have any of information to contact them. He responds to the post and says, calm down, I'm going to turn myself in. <laughs> calm down. And the article says, and because screw it, it's 2019, the police department's social media account kept the conversation going when he hadn't turned himself in yet. Hey, Anthony, we haven't seen you yet. (laughs) Acres kept the party alive, tying up a couple loose ends since I'll probably be there for a month, should be there in the next 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) At some point during all the absurdity, oh, yes, there's more. The police department asked, is it us? (laughs) (laughs) Akers, who had apparently had plenty of time to himself since he was still not in jail, wrote, dear RPD, it's not you. It's me. I obviously have commitment issues. I apologize for standing you up, but let me make it up to you. I'll be there no later than lunchtime tomorrow. I know you have no reason to believe me after what I did to you, but I promise that if I don't make it on my own by lunchtime tomorrow... I will call for a ride to assist me with my commitment issues. Thank you in advance to your response if you are patiently giving me another chance with us. I know I don't deserve it. P.S. You're beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thankful. The last chapter of this book ends with Akers taking a selfie and the post, Here for our date, sweetheart, just as he was walking into the police department. God bless social media. Oh my god, that is so funny. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I what think was he they... wanted for? Do we know? I don't get the feeling that it could have been anything too terribly menacing. Right. If they're like, is it us? Right. I'm guessing it was some sort of bench warrant for unpaid tickets or something like that. Yeah. I'm hoping he's not like, I don't know, an axe murder or something. And they're like, we'll just get... I know, right? Get here whenever you can. <laughs> whenever That's... it's convenient. I know you have a lot a lot to do. Yeah. Um this page is refreshing right now. There's a So JC refreshing. Penny. So refreshing. Super annoying. A JCPenney ad has taken it over and is clogging it. Oh, JCPenney. No. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Florida again, they just can't stay out of it. (laughs) This beautiful story takes place in lovely Chicago. Mm -hmm. A robber in Chicago faced the ultimate punishment when he shot his own dick. Oh! In October, 19-year-old Tarion Pouncey held up a hot dog stand (laughs) with a gun in the West Pullman neighborhood on the city's south side shortly after 6 a.m. After snatching the cash, he made a break for it and his gun accidentally discharged into his junk. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty ironic that he was holding up the hot dog stand. I know. (laughs) I think that's kind of the best part. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Then there's two of these stories I cannot believe. Um, one of the problems with committing crimes at night is it's hard to stay up so late. As one suspected robber in Albine, Albaline, Texas, found out, 
Kenyani Sedekia, 20, allegedly got into an argument with his roommate. According to authorities, he eventually took out a gun, tied him up, and held him hostage, demanding money. But he couldn't stay awake. At around 4 a.m. after he dozed off, his roommate escaped and got help. Police returned to find him... Police returned to find him and arrest him. He was held on an aggravated robbery charge with a $60,000 bond. So, yeah, you should definitely, like, fresh pot of coffee if you're going to take a hostage. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel um, like that might be me if I had taken a criminal path instead of the upstanding citizen path that I'm currently on. I might. It might be a sleepy, sleepy criminal. <laughs> well, I already think how we know that's going to go for me. It's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be good. I'm going to take a unplanned nap at just the right time. Yeah. You would think that this is a unique problem. <laughs> it's not. Two people in Yakima, Washington, also caught sleeping in front of the storage unit facility which they had just allegedly robbed. <laughs> like, like, let's have a nap. so tired, you just can't. Mm-hmm. You just gotta... Maybe they're sleep disordered. Yeah, maybe they have something like me. And they get... Maybe they're um, out, of, out of meds. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when a Missouri town had a meth problem, a federal agent started making arrests. However, after a few months, it was discovered he was not a federal agent, but was actually an unemployed security guard. Oh my God. Was that our neighbor across the street? (laughs) Oh, the ninja? Yeah. Well, he, he moved. Who knows what he's up to? Mm -hmm. The house is for sale. I know. He'd have nunchucks. He wouldn't have a gun. That's true. The town of Gerald wrestled for years with a methamphetamine problem. Welcome to Missouri. (laughs) The FBI showed up and arrests began. Houses were ransacked, handcuffed perpetrators named names. As a result, the drug menace seemed to be finally diminishing. The arrestant agent, known as Sergeant Bill, claimed he didn't need search warrants to enter homes because he worked for the federal government. A local reporter was fact-checking and eventually discovered that Sergeant Bill wasn't a federal agent, but was instead Bill A. Jacob, an unemployed former security guard, former trucking company owner, former wedding minister, and former small-town police officer from a nearby town. Sergeant Bill's misadventures made quite a mess. Three police officers who had apparently known the truth were fired. The outcome of the drug arrests were in doubt. And a multi-million dollar federal civil rights law ensued with at least 17 plaintiffs. Politically, it stirred up many battles, including a petition to seeking impeachment of the mayor. Yeah, wouldn't the mayor know if they had the FBI in town? Right. (laughs) I would hope so. Also, uh, did you hear the fireworks starting? Um, just so the listeners know, we're recording this on July 5th, and 
our neighborhood really likes to shoot off illegal fireworks. So um, you might hear a few on the podcast. They're not gunshots. We promise. Well, we don't promise, but we're we don't. relatively sure. <laughs> we hope they're not gunshots. That's actually the best that we can offer you. Yeah. I, well, so time capsule time. <laughs> Speaking of fireworks, me and my pal a couple doors up from you at about 11.15 on Wednesday or Thursday, I believe, had had it and both of us jumped in our cars at the same time to go find out who was blowing up buildings because that's what it sounded like. I thought... These are not bottle rockets. These are not, pardon me, not normal fireworks. These sound like someone just, there was like a gas explosion at someone's house. Yeah, when I was growing so up, there was, loud. A, we had a neighbor across the street that had a cannon and would shoot it off uh, twice a year, once on New Year's, once on, uh, 4th of July. And it definitely reminded me of the cannon <laughs> that was shot off. Well, and I could tell for sure one person was shoot Like, if I look up the street, one person was shooting up to my right. And then the other one, I wasn't exactly sure. Still up the street, but less certain about exactly where not the Mm -hmm. same spot but not as clear and i was like oh i watch my detective shows i will find these motherfuckers (laughs) so i went looking for their trash Mm because i was like i'm gonna find them because you know they're too dumb to uh get rid of their garbage and they were (sighs) they left a huge empty mortar in the middle of the alley so i called the non-emergency number and reported it and gave them the address of the house. I said, I don't know for certain that this is the house, but if I was going to take a guess, I would assume yes, based on the fact that it was placed just outside the gate for this yard, you know? Yeah. It'd at least be worth asking. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's the most logical. And they had um, a truck with out-of-state plates parked in the alley directly Mm -hmm. across from there as well which i don't know like why are you trying to explode so many things (laughs) like go somewhere it was behind the crematorium where there's this huge field why wouldn't you shoot it off in the big field instead of the alley right next to your house you dumbass yeah so anyway, I found that and reported it. I never did figure out the other one. I was looking over in the school parking lots and the medians because I don't think they're doing it from a yard. I think they're doing it off their own property. But we yeah. were, I'm not sure who was more hot, me or her. <laughs> we were getting cray. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a good thing we didn't find him because I was like, I don't know how to fight, but I feel like I could. <laughs> Yeah. And then the mask order and mask order started again on Friday. Yeah, and... now the city of for our listeners, the city and county of St. Louis 
has or issued a mandate that everyone has to wear masks in public. Which is a really good idea. Yeah, we are in, in, in favor. Yes, it's a great idea because COVID cases have done nothing but increase over time. Mm-hmm. So we have flattened no curve. Mm-hmm. We've completely missed our opportunity to have a bell curve. I don't know what it's going to look like now, but it's not going to be shaped like a bell. <laughs> um, what is unbelievable to me, though, is that the counties that butt up to St. Louis County, so Jefferson County, Franklin County, St. Charles County, none of them have mask orders. Correct. And as you know, many people travel in and out of St. Louis County for work from those areas. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Everyone getting on board, which is how... I ended up giving the business to a uniformed firefighter who is not masked. Oh my God. I was in the store wearing a mask. I was in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, because I noticed the cashier wasn't wearing a mask. And I actually turned around to tell him he could go in front of me if he wanted to. Because I had a bunch of stuff and he had like two things. He's like, eh, no, it's okay. I can wait. And I said, oh. No mask order here, huh? He goes, no, we don't have to wear a mask. I said, huh? I said, do you wear masks when you go to a scene? And he said, well, they tell us if they have symptoms. I said, don't you use universal precautions anyway? Like, don't you just assume everyone has it? And the woman behind the counter who was checking me out said, oh, well, nobody around here's gotten sick. I said, false. It's published in the paper every day. They definitely get sick. You may not personally know them, but people have gotten sick. And I turned back to him. So my backstory, my father-in-law is a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a, um, I don't know. I feel like firefighters are usually the good guys. Yeah, know? yeah. And in all the years that I've done street outreach, overall, my experiences with them have been that they've been really helpful. Like, I have not had the kind of nonsense that I've had with the police at all. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I was like, I'm not even talking to her If with this nobody's been sick shit. I can't even right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to explain science. So he says, oh, yeah, yeah, we... We use, you know, yeah, uh uh-huh, universal precautions. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. I said, you know, a lot of people look up to you. And you could really set a good example if you wear a mask, even when you don't have to. (laughs) And he said, oh, yeah, you're probably right. I said, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you to wear a mask even when you don't have to. Is that fair? And he's like, that's fair. I said, okay, well, thanks for all you do. I'll see you later. Nice. I was like, then I messaged my father-in-law. I was like, what the fuck? You need to come pound on some tables and like straighten these kids out. I just gave the business to one of your youngsters. (sighs) He's like, I don't know what's going on with them now. It's not the same as it used to be. (laughs) Because when he was, you know, he's, he's an old guy now, Mm -hmm. but they used to go out and do like real 
civil service work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, to the credit of our local fire department, they did come in and put a new smoke detector for me a couple of years ago. Like I said, my, all my experiences have been really positive and this was been nowhere near where we live. Yeah. Um, but I thought when you sign up to be a civil servant, you are also accepting the responsibility of being an example for others when you're in uniform, especially. Right. And not wearing a mask is foolish and you know it and there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. And especially because how many kids say they want to be a firefighter when they grow up? Right. You know what I mean? I was just like, Ooh, he knew, he knew I was right. He didn't fight yeah. me on it at all. <laughs> he was like, I have no defense. And the other lady, I just ignored her because that was like, there's, I'm not going to, there's not going to be any getting penetrating this BS over here. She was a real then, Karen. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and then somebody tweeted me this graphic. Well, they called me Karen mm -hmm. for saying something that was in support of wearing masks. I was like, it's not Karen, it's Heidi, for starters. <sighs> well, and, and it isn't, was... it, isn't it that we call people that aren't? wearing masks karen's like he totally missed the point of yeah. that well it was this illustration with all these faces with people wearing masks and it one of them said i live in fear um my parents don't care about my immune system i was like are you kidding god. me with this thing yeah i thought oh my god like what what do we need to do? Does science need like a new marketing campaign? Do we need a puppet? Do we need a TV show? Do we need a charismatic leader? What do we have to do to get people to believe that this is real and that herd immunity is not the solution? Please see Sweden. Just look up Sweden and COVID. Mm -hmm. See how that went. We already know that. We just need to get a vaccine um yeah and we don't know that like there's no research to show well there's no research to show anything really but like we don't know if we're immune to it after we get it well right you could get reinfected and i recently encountered someone who's a phd who's studying it and they said that they do know the two most impactful things from studying people around the globe that are the most impactful in reducing the spread of, spread of the virus or social distancing and mask wearing period yeah. end of story globally so this is not just like a one-off case in one town yeah this is it's just and you can't it just is what it is and then i found out that um Whatever office in Missouri is reporting the numbers is totally fiddling with the numbers yeah. to make it look better than it really is, which mm -hmm. is disturbing on a level that I just can't even express. Yeah. I'm like, what? did you ever read Shirley Jackson's The Lottery? No. Okay recommendation for all shirley Please. jackson wrote the house on haunted hill correct yes the lottery is a short story okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna spoil it because it's still gonna be great okay 
it's a it's a really short story it it's like maybe 10 or 15 pages not long at all Mm -hmm. in the story there's all this buzz in the town because there's a festival coming up and part of the festival includes a lottery and every year someone gets picked for the lottery and they don't say what happens to the lottery winner at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just all this like build up and buzz to the lottery well festival day comes they do the lottery pick everyone in the town has to put their name in for the lottery the person's chosen whoever gets chosen for the lottery then gets stoned to death and that is so that they can have good crops Hmm. and i feel like not like saying i want to go for herd immunity is like the lottery (laughs) it should be stoned to death (laughs) well no just like i mean okay so you literally have no idea how that's gonna work out yeah but you know somebody's gonna die yeah i'm like do they think that we need to make human sacrifices for better crops Like, I just don't get it. I don't get how when people you know are smarter than you, at least about certain topics, tell you something is a terrible idea, you're like, no, I refuse to listen. I want no part of that. Yeah. And so selfish that you don't care if you get other people sick. Right. Not Not your problem. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the masks says, I value my safety over my freedom. And I was like... Yeah. I don't... (laughs) Well, I don't really feel like my freedom's being trampled because I have to do things that are in the interest of public health. Yeah. I love all these memes about, like... You know, wearing a mask is a, in, infringing on your freedoms, but yet the government can mandate what we do with our bodies, like <laughs> our uteruses. Come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't particularly love paying taxes. Mm-hmm. They sure don't mind taking my paycheck and stuff. That doesn't doesn't feel very free i don't feel like I get to opt into that system yeah although i go along with it because i think taxes pay for a lot of things that are important right you know um there's some that i'm less happy about than others but right uh i mean they're i'm like how is wearing a mask preventing you from being free yeah And another one said something about medical tyranny. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And I think vaccines should be mandatory. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Because you know what I don't want? Polio. You know what else I don't want? Measles, Mm -hmm. rubella, mumps, smallpox. I don't want any of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) And not only I don't want to have it and I don't want you to have to have it either. Right. Like, we already figured that out. Why why are we going to bring that back exactly? Like, I don't know, unless you have a legitimate medical reason 
for not getting those vaccines. Yes, I think you should have to have them. Yeah. I do. I don't I don't really get the religious loophole on that one. Yeah. Because if you're a school-age child and you go to a public school, which if you were opposed for religious reasons, you're probably not going to go to a public school. But say you were going to, you're required to provide vaccines to go to school. Mm-hmm. So I guess you have to give some sort I mean, you would have to provide some kind of documentation of religious objection, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you defense. can you can just sign a waiver. Like, it's not really that hard to not get them. That's, that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> I would like it to be a little bit more difficult to make a poor decision. Yeah, it's for more the, difficult to get your uh, your limb for <laughs> if you if you've gotten a limb taken off, <laughs> you have to uh, jump through to hoops protect. to get it back. <laughs> but, I know you have to like pretend to be a Hasidic Jew if you aren't already, or like steal it back, or and it was already yours. Right? Yeah, there's all kinds of kooky regulations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I. Between him and the lady, well, nobody's been sick around here. I'm like, are you stupid? Do you not look <laughs> at the statistics? There's a running tally at the top of the paper by county. The, and I think I looked it up and 16 people in the count, that county had already died or 18. Oh, my God. And it's not a super densely populated county. I was out in a really rural area. Mm-hmm. And they had 36 active cases. I was like, okay, so that's somebody. Mm-hmm. Clearly have, not paying attention. I have some cousins who live in Darjeeling, India. And they um, called my dad yesterday. Because my dad's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Papa Don. Happy birthday, Papa Don. I happy birthday to him on Facebook. That's good. Um. Anyway, my cousin called him and they he was saying that like... India hasn't really been affected too drastically, or at least their, like, area hasn't been affected that bad by COVID. And really? Yeah, and they're, um, I mean, Darjeeling's kind of out in the country. I don't know if it's different in the big cities or not, but... Um, I would think in New Delhi it would be awful. Yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> he apparently said that, like, his friends, his Indian friends are like what's wrong with America? <laughs> like, they're just, like, <laughs> making fun Why of us. Why are they and, so... S- yeah. Well, and as they should. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I don't personally... I've only run into one person that I was acquainted with who tried to go down the herd immunity path with me, and I just did not have it in me Yeah, to get into it. I... It, and I also know that it would have been completely pointless. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, I, I, my goal in that particular conversation was to exit as quickly as possible. <laughs> totally. You know, my husband's very high risk and I have other people in my life that I care about who are really high risk. Not to mention just people in general, I would like to not get sick. And so I take it a little personal when people make it in, make light of it 
Like, yeah. I saw a guy tweet one time. He's like, I had it. It's not any worse than a cold. I was like, colds can't kill you. Yeah. And they're saying that there's like a lot of really bad lasting effects too. Uh, yeah. This one woman, she did this, I don't know, it was like an eight part tweet of all of her symptoms. She's been sick since March and she was not immune compromised, perfectly healthy in her late 20s, early 30s. And basically, it sounded like very similar to the kind of symptoms that I had with pneumonia. Yeah. But just really persistent. Mm -hmm. Like she would start to feel better and then get sick again. And it's been going on for months. That sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Well, should we wrap it up? I mean, unless you want to hear me rant some more about that probably <laughs> just well, everybody please i know that scolding and shaming people is not usually effective for any length of time like sometimes it works in the moment and i was actually nice to the firemen but i was persistent just for the record yeah i was probably a little sassier in my retelling of the story <laughs> but i was very sincere and that like no sir please listen people really look up to you and what you do is important and you have the power to make a difference because of your job and so i think i think we actually had a good conversation i was not as sassy as i was in my retelling um <laughs> but please 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 wear a mask don't go do stuff you don't have to. If you are craving human contact and the internet's not cutting it, make sure you're at least six feet apart. It's, you know, the middle of summer in most places, you can be outside and be six feet apart and still enjoy the company of a friend, but don't have 20 of them over all at the same time. Right. Wash your hands. Be kind to each other. I would like this to end sometime, please. Yep. I would like to yeah. have a job. <laughs> and also, hashtag science is real. Maybe it just needs a cool... Does it need a cooler name? <laughs> I feel uh, like there's some kind of marketing fail going on. Like, science has just gotten such a bad rap for being geeky and not cool. That people are like, they only half-ass paid attention to it. Right. It's really interesting because I'm, I'm taking a biology class right now. And it's interesting the amount of, like, my teacher pushing the theory of evolution. Because when I, back when I learned it in, like, high school, nobody really questioned it. But now... It's become a topic of debate, which is weird. And it's funny how how much my teacher stresses that it is very much a proven theory. And also he has to we had we did a little discussion about scientific studies and how the media can skew those. 
results mm-hmm. from that and stuff too and that yeah that's just just these just these little new topics that are coming up that I find interesting and science is so fascinating like get with it it's people super fascinating and there's a million ways to be sciencey there's a really great podcast by Ali Ward called Ologies and it's ologist of all the different kinds um and you'll it, find one that you you're interested in yeah for sure. you can there's so many different topics and things that seem like oh well that wouldn't be very interesting and then you listen to it and you're like oh that's actually really fascinating mm-hmm. um it is really interesting i feel like i like your teacher it sounds like he's dropping knowledge without um inflaming just kind of here's the facts y'all yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far to say he's not inflammatory because he was he's he's gone on a few rants about religion not being science which is true and it needs to happen um but yeah anyway yeah but i think that i think that's like i think that's probably the task of a lot of science teachers these days to it is, and they can coexist. You can be a person of faith and still believe in science. Mm-hmm. They are not mutually exclusive. Honestly, you the don't... more I learn about science, the more I'm like, but how and why? You know, <laughs> like, it makes yeah. me, yeah. Like, I think there was, like, some physicist that was like, the more we learn, the more I believe in God or something, because it's just, like, so, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Watch one of those National Geographic um, shows on, like, a coral reef or something, and I'm like, how is all that stuff real? There's so much biodiversity. It's just incredible. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And you know that I I love my medical science. I have a friend who currently has cellulitis. I'm keeping close tabs on it. Um but which is a skin infection mm-hmm. it's a staph infection in your skin it's not fun she's no. doing fine but That's um good. i mean there there's just so many ways i just think we need there's got to be some sort of like separation of politics and science it's all these scientific things get politicized that really should be neutral yeah like which side of the fence you're going to vote on should have nothing to do with this. This is, these are, these just facts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm calling it. We got to, <laughs> we've been going on too long. Um, okay. You can cut, cut all that stuff if you want. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I think it needed to be said, but I'm losing energy. So I'm calling it. Totally understand. <laughs> Thank you, Braden Henze, for intro and outro music. You can find his podcast on YouTube. Um, if you have any topics or suggestions or personal stories, or if you just want to say what's up, or if you're from Australia and you want to prove that you exist to us, you can tweet us at creepyclubpod, or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. You can... Um, Follow us on Instagram at Creepy Club Podcast. 
You can follow me at Rispoomba. That's R-I-S-B-O-O-M-B-A-H. You can follow Heidi at Creepy Club Heidi. And you can follow my pets at Penny and Paco, who have blessedly been very quiet this episode. Um, So well behaved. Yeah. I mean, it might be because Paco's afraid of the fireworks, but we'll see. Um... You can find all our sources and a picture of the <laughs> Smurf Man on the meeting minutes for this episode, which you can find at creepyclubpodcast.com. If you like this up, ep- if you like this episode, if you like this podcast, if you like us, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you prefer. And we'd love it if you tell your friends. Um, Yeah, so please wear a mask, please social distance, please stay safe, please stay sane, and thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you join us next time. Meeting adjourned. See ya!